Alrighty, welcome to Outrageously Unnecessary. Uh, this is a podcast all about the obnoxious things that wealthy people have done with their money throughout the ages. Because as long as wealthy people have had money, they've been spending it on stupid, stupid things. Uh, I am your host, Haley. And over there is my co-host, Steven. What's up, Gilded Gang? Uh, just FYI, I'm about three, seven percent beers in. So tonight's going to be a fun night. I get extra punny when I'm uh, a little tipsy. So buckle up. I'm just really wondering, like, what the what the level of extra punny is, because you are punny to begin with. Oh man, let's just say, uh, well, 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 we'll see. We'll yeah, see what the, happens. The puns are never ending to begin with, so uh, <laughs> I'm a, I'm bracing myself. It's the apocalypse, is what this is. Ah, I love it. I love it. I'm so excited. Hello. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, well, what am I doing? I'm just, it's Friday. I just finished work. Thank God. Um, Oh, no. Mm -hmm. I sound like every middle-aged person saying TGIF. (laughs) No. Um, (sighs) Yeah, but, like, this week was really good. My work threw me uh, a bridal shower, which was really cute. Uh, I got to wear a sash. I've never worn a sash before. Um, That's amazing. I know. It was really cute. They got me um, an indoor, uh, like, herb grower kit that comes with, like, a little grow light and everything. It's like a countertop, so you always have basil. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, absolutely. I'd be using that shit every day. I mean, I have, so I currently have sage and basil growing in my garden outside. Okay. And uh, I just want them to be a year-round thing. So now I can have them be a year-round thing. And I'm very excited. Also, this has nothing to do with the bridal shower. But I do want to announce now that I'm talking about my garden, I have four watermelons growing. <gasps> That's amazing. And I have so many watermelons. I didn't even know you were growing watermelons. I just, I literally just planted it, not expecting anything to happen. The cantaloupes haven't done shit, but the watermelon is like, mmm, here you go, watermelon. And I walked out and I discovered it a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh my god, it's ginormous. This appeared overnight. And then I walked out, like, uh, yesterday or the day before, and there's three more on the same vine that are just like, hello, we are here too. And it's like, where did you come from? <laughs> So I'm very stoked about my watermelons. Well, water, you know. What do Mm. you know? (laughs) Anyways, how are you, my friend, besides three beers in? Uh, uh, Pretty solid. Uh, It's weird. I don't think we've ever recorded on a Friday night. so Definitely have not. We usually record on the weekends. But in this case, we were super behind. And today's actually the day we're supposed to release this. So we're behind (laughs) schedule. But don't worry. I put out an announcement. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. So we're at least going to get it out tonight, right? Yeah. Okay, These sweet, are super sweet, quick sweet. for me to edit, so it's not even a big whoop. Um, uh, by the way, if anyone has complaints about the editing, keep it to yourself. I do my best. Keep, keep it to yourself. Uh, <laughs> if we're man. talking about the really early episodes in which there was a horrible echo or like technical difficulties or whatever, right. I know. I'm aware. I did my best. You can obviously tell it's gotten better over time as I have learned and grown as a person. So keep it to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. 100%. Um, Sometimes I'm so, so very tempted to take down the first like mm, six episodes and just put them in a vault and be like, these are vault episodes. 
because <laughs> they're so different from what we do now and i'm afraid that we're turning away new listeners because people are like oh i'll start at the beginning and they're like what the fuck what the they're like, what is this garbage what audio is happening this shit right the stories yeah. are good the audio is bad what do you want for me ah uh, it's like i compare it to a pilot episode you gotta you, you just gotta hunker down muscle your way through it get to that pilot episode and then boom sure it's a, a little cringy world. But they're going to sure. hit their stride. Absolutely. They're going to hit their stride like episode two, episode three, right when that plot starts to get thick and meaty. That's where they hit their stride. Except 100%. in our case, it's around episode six when I finally figured out the audio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you didn't become a staple until I think episode, episode eight. Like eight? Yeah, I was going to say eight or nine. And then here we here we, we were are. Doing a, we were trying to go back and forth. If anyone here uh, doesn't remember the early days, that was when uh, our both Stephen and I's our best friend Katie was co-host. But we love Katie more than anything. She cannot be trusted to keep a schedule worth a damn. So Katie dropped off <laughs> the face of the earth. <sighs> Don't worry, we she's do fine. We still love her. But to, to pieces. 100%. I was going to say she's the maid of honor in my wedding. Nothing's going to change, but. <laughs> I, I, I do I do need to say, because I, I feel like we almost do this every episode, so I'm going to keep the tradition alive. Mm. Um, Sneed's Fairy, what's up? Shout out to Sneed's Fairy. Shout I hope out you're to doing Sneed's well. Sneed's Fairy. Um, but, oh, more important, let's do this at the top here. Shout out to Singapore. For some reason, I checked our downloads and just, I don't know if it's one person or a bunch of different people, but all of a sudden, Singapore just popped right up on our map, and it was like, Thank you for finding us, Singapore. <laughs> oh, well, uh, uh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. I know. We just got like an asinine amount of downloads from Singapore. And I'm like, somebody is very into rich people. <laughs> Haley, I'm getting ready to blow your mind. Hmm. We are global now. I know. It's so <laughs> fun. We have, we, uh, no, we genuinely are global because we have, um, we've had some listeners uh, in Africa, Europe. Asia, North America, and South America. We've hit them. We hit all of them. Now we just need to get the researchers on Antarctica. <laughs> we'll get them, even if we have. Even if we have to. Even if we have to trek there ourselves, we'll get them. Oh yeah. All oh, right. Oh boy. Well, now that we're about seven minutes into this, um, let's go ahead and uh, let's begin. I think it's me. Do I start this time? Yes, you do. I started last time, 100%. Okay, great. Um, so uh, I've already warned Stephen of this, but my dear sweet listeners, um, I have found a topic, and it's a good topic, but it is less about obnoxious things that a wealthy person has done. A wealthy person is involved, uh, but it's more about something. This is an event that could literally only, like, it's a mm, series. It is a series of events that could only be possible through the power of wealth. And, like, the, the the absurdity of this entire situation could only have happened if someone threw enough money at the situation, and they did. So <laughs> that's where we're, we're going with this one. That feels right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I had a different topic in mind, and I have been trying so fucking hard to get it to work, but none of the articles that I have found have been giving me the information that I actually want. So when I do finally get to that topic, I will let you guys know. But as of right now, um, mm, okay, moving on. Topic of today. Have, 
Have you been information cock blocked? I have been information cock blocked. It's oh my gosh. They're just there's the stupid thing is that there's a lot of really good information out there from like actual reputable sources about the time period that I am researching. Uh, The issue is that all of them are giving me really uninteresting facts, and I'm like, there has to be more interesting things out here that is related to money and they're like not related to money here you go and i'm like but that's not my podcast but that's not my podcast yeah yeah no that's where i'm sitting um if if, if, here i'll just let you guys know it's about pirates (gasps) Haley. i know no that's what i've been researching this whole week are you fucking kidding me <laughs> That's been the topic of my research this entire fucking week. Are you shitting me? I shit you not. I shit you not. I shit you not. No, I've been Tell looking me at you found the information that I've been information cockblocked by History Channel. <laughs> <laughs> no, like no, I I I I found like a lot of information about like how pirates acquired their booty, like yes. what certain things like what certain things that they would spend it on, but like as far nothing as like interesting, no, like nothing out of the ordinary, nothing it's weird. Like telling me, like I want to know about like weird ass modifications they made to their ships, or like what they actually did with like the doubloons that they got. But there's yes. no information. Yes, They're like oh yeah, they spent it on alcohol and women, and I'm like that's fucking boring. Boring. So I boring. know. I know. We Absolutely. had a solid twenty five years of a pirate. It's literally called the pirate golden age it is literally called yeah. the pirate golden age and we get yeah. nothing <laughs> yep yep <laughs> i found a really good one about a More guy like... <laughs> who was like the most successful pirate of all time because he managed to get one of um i think india's uh like treasure ships while yeah. they were like shipping their their entire bank's worth of gold <laughs> and he yeah. got that ship and i was like great what did he do with it and they were like and that's the end of the story <laughs> Stupid. More like uh, more like the pirate withholding age. Am I right for all that information you can't find? <laughs> uh. Oh, well, I'm just delighted that you understand my pain. I do. I uh. 100% get it. God, great minds think alike. Okay. Mm-hmm. What you got for me, Okay, Haley? what I got for you is Bernard Marcus was born on May 12th, 1929 to a Russian Jewish immigrant uh, par- oh, not to a uh, two Russian Jewish immigrant parents in Newark, New Jersey. Um, now, just I know that's one sentence in. I just want to point out May twelfth is my birthday. Um, oh, I don't like that I am born on the same day as this man. Uh, Ooh, okay. I don't like when anyone is born on the same day as me. I don't know why. It really, it really just honks my bananas. I think it stems back to like my neighbor's little brother, whom I deeply disliked as a five year old had my same birthday and just ever since then i'm like anyone who shares a birthday with me i am against however there's one exception to that and that is tony hawk i share a birthday with tony hawk i will always be grateful that i share a birthday with him that's amazing see that's way cool way cool tony hawk so much better than bernard Um, marcus uh roll plug for anime lovers uh i share the same birthday as tanjiro from demon slayer Oh, by the way, everybody, uh, Stephen's birthday was yesterday, uh, July 14th. Oh, yeah. I, as a horrible friend, completely missed it because I haven't been able to keep track of time. Mm, it's okay. I love you, you have more important things. Birthday. I love you too, Haley. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, I'm 35. That means five years away from 40. And wow. That, 
haunts me now. <laughs> 35 is such a good little milestone, though. It is. No, no, it really is. No, I like, I honestly, I don't mind getting older. Like, I'm starting to get gray in my hair. I like the gray in my hair. Like, I like. It's distinguished. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't bother me at all. Um, it, but what is weird is other people calling me sir. Like, <laughs> mm, uh, no, my dad was sir. My grandfather's sir. Like, you don't call me sir. Call me Stephen, please. <laughs> <laughs> please. I'm not, I'm not. Maybe Mr. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Getting, sir, sir, <laughs> ma'am is always a, yeah. an experience. <laughs> yeah. You can call me Mr. with good behavior. Wink. Um, but uh, anything else? No, you can call me Stephen. Okay, Stephen. Um, let's, let's keep going. So we were talking about Bernard Marcus and the fact that he shares my birthday and I'm pissed off about that. But, yes. uh, so 1929 is when he's born. Uh, he grows up, he goes to college to study pharmacy. Uh, he wanted to be a doctor, uh, but he actually couldn't afford the tuition because, uh, and I only saw this in one article, so it might not be true, but I get the feeling it was true because he was born in 1929. Um, the medical school that he was trying to apply to was racist as fuck, and they would only allow uh, Jews in with a bribe. So they were like, pay us $10,000 in 1950s money. And he was like, I don't have $10,000 in 1950s money. Are you kidding me? And um, so he, he ended up going to school for, for pharmacy. So, like, good job finding a second path, but also fuck that college that denied you. Um, yeah. Anywho. For real. Hmm? I said, yeah, for real. For real. Uh, in any case, so uh, <sighs> he ended up working at a drugstore for a while as a pharmacist. And then, as it turns out, he got really bored with pharmacy and decided he was more interested in the world of retail, which is absolutely wild. Who the fuck likes retail? Nobody. Yeah, that's bonkers. Yeah, nobody. Nobody likes retail. So he... Works and works and works, and eventually becomes the CEO of a company called Handy Dan Improvement Centers. And mm. um, he does that for a good long while. And then come 1978, he and his co-worker, Arthur Blank, uh, were fired during a corporate power struggle. So, uh, lo and behold, these two guys, plus uh, one extra investor whose name is not important, uh, became the founders of their own, uh, like, handy hardware store. I think maybe you've heard of it. It's Home Depot. Uh, 100%. Yep. So, uh, they, they opened Home Depot, and in, I think, 1981, opened uh, some stocks to the public and became billionaires, with a B. Uh, so Bernard is now worth $8.1 billion at the age of 93. Uh, I am the first person to sing my love for Home Depot and the fact that I am there at least three times a month because of how many house projects we consistently have going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, however, I do want to point out, uh, that in recent years it came out that Bernard, uh, donated just an asinine shit ton of money to, uh, Super PACs and to Donald Trump, and that he is incredibly anti-union. So, oh, God. that's gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's just, Bernard, you had to go and fucking ruin Home Depot for, like, why you gotta go and do that? Everybody go shop at Lowe's. It's owned by a black guy. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> so Bernard uh, is, he retired in 2002, um, so technically it wasn't Home Depot doing it, but it still, like, makes me feel a little yucky inside. 
Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But in any case, this story, now that I've given you this background, yeah, it is yeah. not. It's not actually about Bernard, yeah, and yeah. it's not about Home Depot, yeah, and yeah. it's not about shitty politics. Okay, it's about Bernard's money and what he it. spent it on in two thousand five. What a framework! I know. <laughs> okay, so he opened Home Depot right in nineteen seventy eight. Mm-hmm. He opened Home Depot in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and our buddy Bernie, uh, he spent a lot of time over the course of, of him being CEO of Home Depot. He spent a lot of time, uh, working with the city of Atlanta and the state of Georgia to improve life for Georgians. It was his way of like giving back to the place that like started his empire. Um, so he actually did spend quite a lot of money on philanthropic cases. Um, I, starting in 2010, he, he took whatever that pledge is that billionaires take. And he spent about a billion dollars on philanthropic stuff, which is good, but also a drop in the pond compared to the rest of his wealth. Sure. Um, anyways, uh, he spent, uh, he did philanthropy for hospitals. Uh, he did donations to the CDC, which if you've watched The Walking Dead, you know that they are based in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and among the list of philanthropic donations was a $200 million donation of his own money, non-fundraised his own money, uh, $200 million to the Georgia Aquarium. Uh, and that was to build it. Uh, they, the Georgia Aquarium was like, we have a goal of becoming the largest aquarium in the entire world. We want to, we want to make Atlanta the crown jewel of aquariums. And he said, bet. <laughs> so. He said, bet. He said, yup. Uh, anyways, so here's the thing about uh, Atlanta. Is that it is 267 miles from the nearest coast. <laughs> Getting fish can happen, but kind of at a cost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Here's the other thing. I do not know whose idea it was, whether or not it was Bernard's or uh, the Georgia Aquarium's. Uh, (laughs) But welcome to the main main topic. Mm. Um, They decided that the star of the aquarium was going to be two whale sharks. Two whale sharks? Whale sharks. Whale with a at the beginning with a hua yeah whale sharks oh oh god oh okay. god okay do you know how big a whale shark is uh i want to say it's at least 20 feet oh yeah 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 it's bigger um so uh if georgia were to acquire uh these whale sharks they would be the only whale sharks in an aquarium outside of asia they oh. as, up up to the point of of the georgia aquarium's existence Whale sharks only existed in Asian aquariums. That was the only way that you could get them. Um, oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. And so, of course, being a billionaire, Bernard was like, mm, no, I want a whale shark here. And they were like, um, sir, how? And they were like, nah, here's money. So that's why I'm kind of talking about this is how in God's green fuck do you get a whale shark from Asia to Georgia? <laughs> So, um, this is, <laughs> okay, riddle me this, Stephen. How do you get a whale shark from, from Asia to inland Georgia? Uh, 
you fly them, duh. Correct. You have to. Correct. You have to. Who do we hire to fly them, Stephen? <laughs> the Why, military. UPS, of course. What? <laughs> You're going to hire UPS to fly your whale sharks. So, for our non-American listeners, now that we've established that we are a global sensation, I'm sorry, I couldn't say that with a straight face, um, UPS stands for United Parcel Service, um, they are a private company, uh, but they're a delivery company here in the States, we, uh, I've used them many, 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 many times, um, but in any case, uh, why, why would they choose UPS? Well, it's because they're based out of Atlanta, so... This is going to come back into play in a little bit. Uh, so Bernard Marcus and the Georgia Aquarium hired UPS to transport two juvenile whale sharks from Taiwan to Atlanta. That is 8,000 miles. And they have to do this overnight. <laughs> this is overnight shipping. This is not a multi-stage situation. So anyways, juvenile does not mean small. Whale sharks... I don't know if you know this, Stephen. They're the size of whales. <laughs> um, they are sharks, but they are the size of whales. Uh, anyways, uh, the babies that they got, they got two babies. Uh, they were 16 feet long and weighed 2,000 pounds each. Uh, so when they grow up into adults, they will be 33 feet long and weigh about twenty thousand ish pounds. So I mean, like, baby whale sharks significantly smaller than adult whale sharks, but still hefty. <laughs> hey, what do you call a dapper whale shark? Sophisticated. Sophisticated. The <laughs> title of this episode is sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> They're sophisticated. They're sophisticated. <laughs> is, that a, uh, is that a whale with a lisp? He's uh, trying to compliment his, his girlfriend. He's a honey, you look so sophisticated. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to be I don't mean to be overwhelming. Mm, it begins. <laughs> I have to ask, did you Google that that bad dad mm. joke? <laughs> You'll never know. Uh, I get the feeling the answer is yes. Anyways. <laughs> So, um, how are we going to transport two 16-foot-long, 2,000-pound whale sharks in, in less than a day from Taiwan to Georgia? Um, well, we need a really big plane and the ability to transport 4,000 pounds of shark. Wait, no. We need to add more weight onto that because sharks need water, right? So, depending on the temperature, water weighs between mm, 8 and 10 pounds per gallon. Mm -hmm. So, UPS bought themselves... Well, they probably already had a 747 uh, plane, and then they gutted it. And then they called a bunch of marine biologists and aquarium vets, and they said, we need you guys to create a custom system for transporting these sharks so the sharks don't die on the way over. And they said, okay. Uh, and so each shark got their own shipping container. <laughs> and each shipping container weighed 25,000 pounds. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, that accounts for shark and water and life support <laughs> systems. 
Uh, each oh shipping container gosh. was 24 feet long, 8 feet wide, and then had those uh, life support systems and monitors for the vets who were on the flight. So the vets were just consistently, like, taking samples of the water, measuring vitals, doing whatever, making sure that their sharks weren't too stressed. Okay, so... Uh, now that we've kind of figured out the logistics of how you transport them, now you got to actually do it, right? Uh, right. So, UPS uh, comes to survey the shark pickup situation. Uh, it was noticed immediately. <sighs> the, the, so, the sharks are being stored uh, in the ocean, but in kind of like a netted off pen off the coast um, of like southern Taiwan. And uh, it's uh, relatively near to an old village, like, runway for, like, delivery supplies. <laughs> and so uh, UPS goes out there and they're like, oh, my God, this runway is not going to work. It's not going to hold the weight of a 747 and it's not going to hold the weight of a 747 with 50,000 pounds of shark on it. <laughs> so what they ended up doing was... Um, they craned the sharks out of their holding pen in the ocean. So they got like this big sling situation, attach it to the crane. Crane lowers, dips down, does like a claw machine maneuver, and then like slips the sling underneath the bellies of the sharks and is like, you're going on a journey. And it's like that scene in, um, in Toy Story where it's like, I have been chosen. The claw. The claw. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, so then they load the sharks onto the, each of their shark containers, uh, and then they uh, put them in a small airplane, and then they flew the sharks in their shark containers on the small airplane to the international airport where the big 747 was waiting for them. Big 747 is waiting for them, and they're like, okay, how do we get 50,000 pounds of shark into the 747 without damaging things? Well... What you gotta do is you gotta take one shark container and put it at the nose of the plane. And then you got a second shark container and you put it at the butt of the plane. And then you start maneuvering them towards the center of the plane at the same time. You're just, you're just wiggling. You're going towards the middle over the landing gear. Because <laughs> that's apparently where, like, the best equilibrium is. And then they bolted those down. Okay, then. Now we gotta fly. But we're going against the clock because they are whale sharks who are eating and pooping in their own water and just genuinely fouling up their, their little cabode that they got there. So uh, we don't want them to choke on their own shit. So move fast. Uh, so, um, yeah, they start flying. They have to make a stop in Alaska. Why Alaska? They have to stop in Alaska because there's a layover. So a fish and wildlife inspection can happen. And I just <gasps> really like the idea of a government official being like, mm, mm-hmm, that's a whale shark. Please continue. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for the whale shark viewing. Please move on. <laughs> Do you have your whale shark license? Okay, great. Everything's in order. Here you go. So, um, in any case, go from Alaska to Atlanta, then take the sharks off the plane, and then put them on a flatbed truck, and then take that flatbed truck and drive them to their brand new 6.2 million gallon tank at the aquarium. It is the world's largest tank. Amazing. I know. So, we're at the end of our journey. Our sharks 
are in their new home, um, how much do we think that shipping them cost? 700,000 dollars. Mmm! Close! Not quite! It's a little bit more than that. So, it took six weeks of logistical planning, uh, and then ran a bill of 1.4 million dollars in shipping. Oh my gosh, that's it, a lot of It's dough. a lot of, it's a lot of money just to ship some sharks. <laughs> just to ship some fish. <laughs> some sophisticated fish. Oh, that's, to me, that sounds like overkrill, if you ask me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, remember how earlier I said that UPS was based in Atlanta and that's why they chose them? Yeah. Okay. So, um, they chose them for another reason as well. When it was announced that the aquarium was going to be built in Atlanta, all the Atlanta-based companies were like, oh, we want to pitch in our two cents. We want to help our city. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And UPS was one of those. And UPS said, oh, my God, we want to we wanna pitch in. We want to help with this. Hey, Georgia Aquarium, we will ship anything for you for the purposes of the aquarium for free. They did not include the whale sharks <laughs> in that deal. Or at least they didn't think they were. Oh, and then no. the Atlanta Aquarium was, or the Georgia Aquarium was like, didn't you say for free? Yes, we will do this for free. Yeah, and so we'll it ended do it for up free. costing them absolutely nothing. That's amazing. I know. <laughs> so they were taken at their word. And Bernard Marcus and his $200 million did not get spent on the purchasing of the whale sharks. And what the aquarium guy. did not pay jack shit to UPS. Oh my gosh, what a what a guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that is my story. It is not necessarily a ridiculously wealthy thing, but it was something that I was like, how the fuck? That's so insane that UPS overnighted <laughs> whale sharks. And it's then amazing. they did it again a couple years later. And so uh, the first batch, I think, were two female sharks. And then they did it again a couple years later for two uh, male sharks. I have absolutely no idea if UPS decided to do that one for free or not. That's amazing. But anywho, that's my tale. That's amazing. Hmm. Wow. Yep. All right. Well... That's a whale of a tail. I loved it. I knew you were thinking, you were <laughs> contemplating. I'm like, there's too much awkward silence here right now. He's, he's got to be thinking of a response. Yes. I, I totally was. I was like, mm, how can I uh -huh. end? Yep. How Great can I end and mm. segue? I was like, yes, a whale of a tail. That's uh, it. There's always fish in the sea, but uh, only two whales in the aquarium. Uh, okay. <laughs> Do you have a, a chump change, perhaps? I 100% do. So, the nature of modern air travel means you're usually crammed in a small space with all sorts of strange characters. But just be grateful you haven't had to share a cabin with 80, that's 80, birds of prey. What? The royal family in Saudi Arabia are known for their insurmountable wealth and for their lavish expenses. But a Saudi prince 
has bought plane tickets for his 80 Falcons to ensure their safe travel. Are they in cages or are they just, they each were given their own seat and pillow? <laughs> would you like to see? I would. Oh my God. Yes, I would. Okay. Let me, uh, I meant to have this earlier and it, the, the photo was not saving properly. So let me see if I can. You can, can always get it. copy and paste it into Discord. Uh, let me see here. Da -da 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 -da. Oh, there it is. Okay, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to save. I'm going to save right here. And here we go. Okay, it should be coming to you now. So there they are. Look at them. <gasps> Look at them. No, I was right. They each have their own seat. They're not even in cages. They're just, they're, I let, these birds, they're birds. They have the gift of flight. I know, let's put them on an airplane. <laughs> so uh so a redditor posted this from a from this particular flight and uh, uh so they're uh they're actually they're all hooded you can't uh -huh. really make it out but they're all hooded and they're um they're perched on the seats and it was actually snapped this photo was snapped by the pilot of the plane and uh he uh, it was given to a friend of his that actually posted this particular photo um this is hysterical. I love they each have their own little handler and they're just Yep. yep. They're just <laughs> it's on there. I love that it's on a normal fucking flight too. It's not a private flight. This is a flight no. that like normal people are taking. There are bystanders and so they're they've you know the really big international flights where it's like you got the rows on the either side and then you got one big column in the middle they're all in the middle seats so the people on the outside seats of the plane are just normal people and they're like why are there birds next to me so um anyways i looked up like what roughly so the this particular side of prince it doesn't name him but he but he bought you know he bought tickets for all these uh and this is business class and so i'm like okay what's the average business class price for a ticket and it's between 1900 and 3900 dollars. no so that means he spent upwards of almost 40 to 60 thousand dollars just to fly his 80 no, that means absolutely Falcons. nothing to a saudi prince that means nothing. no he's like he's like oh i've got the pocket change here that's <laughs> you want to check here you go <laughs> yeah that's exactly it. He, he he just literally is like, oh yeah, I've got this in my billfold. I really, Hang really on. like the idea of not even having purchased these tickets in advance. He just shows up with 80 Falcons and goes He's up like, to the um, ticket counter. And he's yep. like, all right, 80 <laughs> seats, please. <laughs> Sir, it's a full flight. Mm, is it? Is it? Is it? It looks like you're about mm, 80 passengers short. Yeah, it seems to me like you have just the perfect amount of space. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, what a wonderful chump change. Thank you, friend. You're welcome. 
Uh, do you have one? I do not. I think it might actually be best if we if we uh, trade off doing chump changes. That way, it keeps the pace of moving. Wonderful. Know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's totally fine. I have I have chump change ideas, but none that I have pulled up. So, uh, would you like to to regale me with a story, please? I would love to regale you with a story. A princess Haya beat Hussein, the daughter of King Hussein of Jordan and his third wife, Queen Alia, uh, was born May 3rd, 1974. Princess Haya, a graduate of the University of Oxford in England, and also an accomplished equestrian. Mm. She represented Jordan at the 2000 Summer Olympics in Sydney, Australia. Good for her! And, yeah, and is the two turks Excuse me, the two-term president of the International Federation for Equestrian Sports, or the FEI. Dang. All right. Well, she's she's working it. She is. Uh, Princess Amaya was born in Amman, the capital of the Hashimet Kingdom of Jordan. Uh, she had a younger brother and also an older sister. Um, and her biological mother was actually killed in a plane crash uh, in uh, 1977. Oh, Her right. father also died from complications to lymphoma in 1999. Okay, so uh, she had she had about like 20-ish years with her dad, almost no time with her mom, and yeah. then now she's on her own. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she was very, very well-educated. Uh, she had uh, she graduated with uh, from Oxford with a BA with honors in philosophy, politics, and economics. So super intelligent, so super super smart. What's wrong with her? Absolutely. So here is kind of where the nail hit the head. Um, for the most part, she was a very she was a uh, a goodwill ambassador. She was very involved in equestrian sports, uh, very big in charity. Um, but where we really get into kind of the meat of the story is that on April two thousand four, Prince uh, Haya, uh, Princess Haya, married Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum. The Damn, you vice... really went for the pronunciation there. I'm very proud of you on that one. Well, thank. You. It's probably because I'm four uh, four beers in. So, <clears throat> the vice president and prime minister of the United uh, Arab Emirates, and also the ruler of Dubai, uh, he took her as his second and junior wife. The marriage ceremony what was held junior at junior wife mean. Uh, well, because yeah, because they have well, you know, oh, they because have multiple... it's polygamous, so you have the head wife. Correct. And then, you and have the people who are underneath her. <laughs> Correct. Yes, she is. She was a second slash junior wife. She's a second banana. Second banana. Correct. Um, on uh, December two thousand seven in Dubai, uh, uh, December second, she gave birth to her first child, uh, Sheikha Al Jalia bint Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum. Uh, the baby's birth coincided with the United Arab Emirates' thirty-sixth celebration of its national day on the second of December. Mm-hmm. And then on January 7th, 2012, she gave birth to her second child, Sheikh Zayed bin Mohammed bin Rashid al-Maktoum. Okay. So, 
that's the kind of the general setup, the general kind of like just initial context. So who is this and why is she on this fucking podcast tonight? So Princess Haya is now divorced. Why is she divorced? Because her husband, the Sheikh Mohammed Ibn Rashid Maktoum, divorced her in accordance with Sharia law. Okay. However, Princess Haya took the Sheikh to court because she had discovered that her husband had lied to her about imprisoning and torturing their eldest daughter. Excuse me? Yes. So, yes. Not the turn I was expecting this to take. Uh, yes, it's, uh, very, very very much, very much a turn. Um, let me see if I can find it. Um, okay. So, so whenever, uh, the shake, yes, whenever the shake, so whenever the shake originally uh, divorced Princess Haya in 2019, uh, he divorced her under Sharia law because so very, very simply put, if a, Islamic male determines that their wife has insulted them or has um, grieved them under the Sharia law, then they at will can divorce them and be done with them, cast them out, yada, yada, yada. Because as we all know, women's rights in Arabic countries and, you know, Islamic countries are, are not great. Um, we'll say. Yeah, so it's um, just kind of him saying, like, I don't really want to be married to you. I'm, I'm going to make up a reason and get out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she wasn't actually informed at the time. Oh, no. Uh, she, she continued believing that they were happily married. Oh, she had um, no idea they were divorced. Yes. Um, and uh, that date that she, that uh, the Sheikh divorced her was actually the 20th anniversary of the death of her father. Oh, so, God. So amazing. Yes. Um, but uh, by early, but also by early 2019, Princess Haya had, asked, had actually become suspicious um, of some of the uh, goings on that was happening between the Sheikh and her daughter. Um, so it turns out, let me find here. Um, so it, it took almost a full year of like um, uh, of, of injunctions and of like detailed like research and of course investigative proceedings but in march 2020 the high court uh found uh, on the balance of probabilities that sheikh muhammad had orchestrated the adopt the abduction of not one but two of his children they're your children how are you abducting them what yeah um so he uh on two occasions muhammad ordered and orchestrated the forcible return of his daughter sheikah uh, which is uh, the daughter of uh, Wait, Princess is this, Haya. Is this after? Um, is this after the divorce? This is prior. This is prior to the divorce. That doesn't so to- make any sense. Also, I'm pretty sure that her first name is not going to be Shika. It's um, Shika would probably be her title because, like, she- yes, Shika's title. Yes. Yep, Shika Samsa. Her name is Shamsa. Sam- ah. mm-hmm. Shamsa. Um, so yeah, in 2002 and in 2018, this happened. This 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 forcible like abduction um, because because the, they had left Dubai and and gone to um, where, uh, 
excuse me, yeah, they 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 left Dubai and gone to the United Kingdom, and so uh, and he forcibly uh, got her and brought her back home. How old was she uh, at this point? Oh, she would have been. Let's see if she was born in twenty. 12, 7, 8? Oh no, she's a baby. She was a baby. She was just a way baby. Um, but yes, uh, so it w- in 2002 uh, and 2018, he sent an armed commando <laughs> Why do you, uh, why do you to need a seven-year-old that bad? To shake a, to, for, uh, for Samsa and his other daughter, uh, Latifa. Uh, to uh, to re- return back to his custody, allegedly being deprived of their uh, allegedly deprived of their liberty, so the daughter's liberty. Um, the judge found allegations of physical abuse amounting to torture. Uh, Latifa made uh, actually submitted a video of that torture. Now what? I don't have any account. I don't have fucking video. I mean, good I for don't... her for bringing it to the courts, but also what? what? God, one hundred percent. In like, ah, oh, my daughters are in England. Well, <laughs> right. Time, time um, to do horrible things. Right, 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 right. Um, so we get into, uh, and, and I'm leading up to, to, I'm leading up to a couple things. So, so all, while this is happening, it actually comes out the reasoning why the Sheikh divorced her from Sharia law, because in the midst of these investigations to the Sheikh. The high court discovered that Princess Haya took $8.8 million from the bank accounts of one of her children and paid that money to a security staff member to keep her affair with one of her bodyguards secret from the shake. Holy shit. Okay, these reasons do not (laughs) amount to torturing your children, my guy, but the divorce does seem pretty, that seems reasonable now. The the high court accepted that Sheikh Mohammed had conducted a campaign by various means with harassing, intimidating, and otherwise putting Princess Haya in great fear, a.k.a. the abduction and the torture of his daughters, putting her in great fear uh, up until the end of 2018. Princess Haya was subjected to uh, intimidation, abuse, as well as having a gun placed on her pillow twice and threats to be taken to a remote prison from Sheikh Mohammed. Is this so, like after he discovered the... the? Yes, yes. But before the divorce. Correct. Okay. Yes. Um, but due to uh, Sheikh Mohammed's, uh, you know, abduction, torture, despite her, uh, despite her affair... In 2021, uh, Princess Haya was granted full custody of her children. The High Court ordered Sheikh Mohammed to pay a lump sum settlement of $251 million to Princess Haya, in addition to $5.6 million per year for each of her two children. And Why an do these upfront... children have such uh, lavish lifestyles to uphold? <laughs> I know. And an upfront payment of $290 million as a guarantee. Jesus Christ. I'll take so, $290 million. I'll take the $5 million per child. Absolutely. Um, 
So this still doesn't warrant kidnapping and torturing your children. No, it doesn't. One hundred percent. What is happening? So that's a brief snapshot <laughs> into the life of Princess Aya and her two kids. Um, but in an online article in Style Magazine, um, it uh, kind of recounts that prior to one of the most expensive divorces in the history of the world, which altogether totals about $728 million, just FYI, almost a billion, almost a billion dollars just to divorce his wife. So, God, he really he thought, wanted her gone. Holy shit. I know, 100%. It is easier just to kill her at that point, dude. Uh, 100%. Um, so, <sighs> I still don't understand the children. Do we understand why why the children? He Yes, the children was to intimidate and harass her. Aww. Yes. Bro, you don't torture your children for that. I know. No. But Abusive I look, Parent 101, dang. Oh, 100%. Um, but before I close, briefly, I want to look at her lifestyle while she was with the Shake. Okay. Now, she, I, bet it's, she can, I bet it's bananas. It's banana balls, yeah. I mean, now, uh, she can still have a pretty great lifestyle with, you know, $400 million, for sure. Um, but... Uh, the uh, Princess Maya had limitless access to money. She could access any money she wanted with un- with unlimited repercussions at, at any point in her life. Wow. She, had ac- she had access to a 400 million pound, roughly $540 million yacht. Which, let me show you a picture of this damn yacht. Because uh, it is such a wild concept to me. I know we've discussed several on this show, but it's just every time we discuss a yacht, I'm like, why? That's the size of a city. (laughs) I know. There's a helicopter on that yacht. Yeah, damn straight there is. How many floors is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight floors. It's yes, it's eight floors tall, and it's about uh, four football fields long. Lady, you could live on that for the rest of your life, and and never set foot and on never, land again. Yeah, and uh, never fully explore and discover the whole yacht. Your children didn't have to go through this. You could have been happy on the yacht. I know. Uh, she also. Uh, had access uh, to a $12 million per year allowance. Wow, that's an allowance? That's an allowance. I want that. She also had access to over 400 racehorses valued at over $23 million. I mean, she was the head of the equestrian, the international equestrian whatever, so like, that tracks... <laughs> That definitely tracks. That's too much money for horses. But do you, horses are fucking expensive. Uh, 100%. Um, she also had access to the Sheik's customized, customized 747 Boeing valued at $233 million. Oh, did you know that you could transport whale sharks in that? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Oh, I, I just, think they would have to take out the golden throne and disco ball in order to make room for the whale sharks. <laughs> this 
just, looks just like the inside describe. of a shitty limo. <laughs> Oh, it's magnificent, and how bad it is. I know. I know. I I like the golden trash cans on either side of the throne. Right? I know. All right. Why? (laughs) I know. Um, And what else? uh, Let's see. You got anything else? Uh, here's a picture of Maya with uh, 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 I'm oh, forgetting her name. I'm forgetting her name. Precious. It was that, that's I, uh, uh, sh- one was Latifa. One was started with an S. Sh- Shansa. Shams- Shamsa. Shamsa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her. They're that's Shamsa. Precious. Shansa did not fucking deserve that. Are you shitting my dick? She was no. She was seven I years know. old. She was a I do not shit your dick. Baby. Hey, Shansa, your father's a dick. Your mom so, isn't story, so great either, but like your dad's especially a dick. She's not the best. She's not the worst that we've had on this podcast. As far by as I'm far. Aware, she didn't torture her children. So nope. doing better than dad. <laughs> nope. Nope. From all accounts that I could find, she absolutely adores her children. Um, so long story short, she's divorced from a terrible man. She has her kids, uh, full custody, and she's got over, uh, she's got almost a billion dollars. Um, and uh, the kids get money, almost six million dollars each and every year. So, no, the moral living of this... the high life. You uh, d- doesn't discount your trauma at all. That was a terrible thing to go through, but I wouldn't mind having close to a billion dollars. <laughs> you know, the moral of her story is that at the end of the day, she just uh, decided to shake, shake, shake it off, and uh, she was done. <laughs> that ending <laughs> how dare you <laughs> just look it is actually pronounced chic and then your whole joke was wasted <laughs> was. I know. all right mr puns um thank you for joining me sorry to the gilded gang that this is coming out late but it is actually coming out on the 15th so we got that going for us um Thank you for listening, everybody. If you want to see images that we discussed here tonight, uh, you can go find them on the Instagram, which is at Outrageously Unnecessary, and uh, tell a friend. We enjoy being um, quote-unquote international podcast. I mean, we are we have <laughs> listeners across the globe, but we don't have a ton of you. So make more of you. Does that make sense? Make more of you, guys. I'm not telling you to fornicate and have children. Don't do that, but... <laughs> I was slightly I mean, confused. I was like, what are you saying? No, you you do you. It's more like the word of mouth campaign, and then it turned weirdly sexual, and I feel really bad about that. Might yeah, that that's part. fine. Might not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love you, Gilded Gang. Thanks for listening. Honestly, thank you for supporting us. Um, you guys are amazing. Yeah. I love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>